Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. Today, 24th of January, it's hard to believe that we're on the 24th of January already. And what a year it's been so far. Um, you know, we're here to worship God today. We're here, once again, limited in what we can do together corporately. But we're still together in spirit. We might be meeting in our own homes but we are gathered around a service today which will hopefully help us to worship God, to worship the King of Kings today, to be in His presence. You know, we can be in His presence no matter what's happening, whether the church is gathered or scattered. You know, we think about uh, people in our world today who are part of the church, but they can't meet even the way that we do. They have to meet in secret. They have to meet um, in all sorts of unusual ways just because of the persecution that goes on in their country. And so, even though we're restricted, we're still privileged today to be able to gather together uh, online and to worship the King of Kings, and that's what we're here to do today. So I just want to welcome you. Again, we're all online, uh, you know, not, not a live stream service, nobody in the building other than us, um, just the way it is just now. Um, but I hope that we can experience the presence of God in our service today. And so I'm going to pray, and then Sarah's going to lead us in worship and, uh, you know, when we're worshipping, um, if you want to raise your hands, if you want to sing along, uh, you just join right in and uh, don't hold back in your praise. You know, he's the King of Kings, he's the Lord of Lords, and he's worthy of our praise today. Nothing's changed in that respect. So let's continue to praise him. Father, we thank you that you're with us. Father, we thank you that your spirit lives within us. We thank you that you know all that's happening in our lives. Lord, even, even when we don't understand uh, why things happen the way they do. Father, you you know, and, and Father, you have a plan and a purpose that you're working out for each one of us. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us today to really focus in on you, to take some time aside on this Sunday to, to, to really focus on you and just to concentrate on, on who you are and all that you mean to us. So Father, enable us just to zone in uh, today. Father, help us to cut out the distractions. Uh, Father, of all the different things that are around about us. It's so easy to be distracted in our own homes. But Father, we pray, help us to focus on you today. And Father, we just invite you into this time. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our time of worship, our service today. This is your day, and, and, and we just want to honor you in this day. And so Father, just enable us in all that we do. Enable us to worship you in spirit and in truth today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.
Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you never fail. Father, there's never a moment where you're never with us. And Father, we just thank you that we can trust you. Father, we can trust you with everything that happens in our lives. Father, every aspect of our lives, every dimension of life, Father, we can trust you with that. And Lord, we thank you that we can. And Lord, we just want to acknowledge your presence in our gathering today. Lord, we might be meeting in separate homes, but Father, we know that you're here. And Father, we welcome you and we invite you in to our time. Father, we invite you and ask you to come and speak into our spirits. Father, may our hearts be open to all that you want to say to us. May our spiritual eyes and ears be open to just see and hear and, and just really perceive and understand all that you want to speak into our lives today. Father, we know that we live in challenging days and Father, we pray for our world just now. Lord, we pray for our country, for our leaders those who lead in our nation, Lord, we ask that you give them great wisdom in these difficult days. Father, to lead us as, uh, as people through crisis and, Father, to, 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 to just come out the other side of this, uh, Lord, stronger. And, and Lord, we, we think of those who have been uh, bereaved and, Lord, we ask that you would just bless those families with comfort and strength and with your presence. Father, for all those who are struggling uh, at this point in time, and that, Lord, there is just numerous problems, Lord, too many to begin to pray for, um, but, Lord, we will, we, will, we will pray for them in our own times, uh, personally with you and during the week as we gather, um, but, but, Lord, we just pray that you'd intervene in this situation, and, Lord, that you'd come and bring peace uh, into our nation. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you never change. We thank you that you're always with us. And Lord, we just want to lean into to your presence today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Just one or two things. Uh, not many announcements today. Uh, just to remind you that we will be praying uh, on Zoom on Monday morning um, at 9.30. And we'll also be praying together as a church uh, on Wednesday evening uh, at 7.30. So if you've not been part of our prayer uh, times, then please uh, get yourself connected and uh, yeah, want to just kind of send some stuff out to the church. Just been thinking it's, it's been almost six months uh, since I wrote uh, a little bulletin that went out to the church called The Connection Point and uh, just in the process of uh, writing one for the start of this year so that you know exactly what's happening in church life and, and we just want to help you to be connected with all that is going on in the life of the church. And uh, yeah, as we begin to look towards uh, a new month, uh, there are things that we want to just give a bit of momentum again as we try and really help people in our church to really connect with, with Jesus and to be grown in their faith. So there's a number of things uh, which I'm hopefully going to uh, communicate in the, the Connection Point uh, newsletter, which will be posted to everyone because everybody's got a post box. So uh, that way everybody gets the, the, the same information at the same time. So that's where we're going to go uh, just over the next uh, week or so. And uh, just watch for that coming uh, through your, your letterbox. So we're just going to break just for a, a tiny second um, and just get reorganized here and then we're going to get into God's Word. So if you've just joined us, let me welcome you again. Um, welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. I'm so glad that you're able to join us online today. And I just have a little message which I hope follows on from the ones that I've been sharing uh, just over the last few weeks. You know, I've been thinking um, about mo messages that hopefully help um, and encourage it and, and just kind of keep us focused uh, whilst we're in the midst of, of difficult times, in the midst of, of crisis, you know, 
our nation's in crisis, but, but in our church we have experienced that as well. And so I'm just trying to encourage us to, to really keep focused. You know, I spoke about endurance, and it's not a normal message for uh, a New Year message. Uh, I talked about moving from why to what, taking our mind off of the unanswered why questions, because, you know, it will just drive us crazy if we focus on questions that we actually in all likelihood are never going to find answers to this side of eternity and to move from that into focusing on to, to God. And then, you know, last week, I just kind of encouraged us to think about the bigger picture again, to think about where we're going, to think about resurrection, to think about the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead, and because he has risen, we too will rise from the dead. We too have a hope that this is not the end. And so I'm just trying to encourage us with these messages. And today, I want to focus on another question. What is your life built on? I want to focus just on that question uh, just for a little while today. It's, it's really a fundamental question. You know, whether you're a Christian or not, it's still a fundamental question. What are you building your life on? What is the foundation of your life? What values and principles are there in at the foundation of your life? And what are you building uh, on today? And so today, I want to just address that question. It's a question that Jesus addressed with people as well. And uh, he, he did so by, by sharing a story. It was the, the picture of the, the setting is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching the people. Everybody's sitting around listening. The disciples are probably leaning in really close. Um, and, and you can just imagine all the questions building up in their minds. If I was there, I'd be, I'd be wanting to stop and interrupt them and ask questions all the time. But as he's sharing all this teaching, and, and the people are amazed by it, he, he tells this story about two men, one wise and one foolish. And he talks about how the wise man built his house upon a rock, upon a, a sure foundation. Now, normally when we're looking at Sermon of the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, we go into the Gospel of Matthew. Today I want to read from Luke, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, but I'll refer to the New International Version whilst I, I'm, I'm exploring the content, content of the, the message. And this is what it says. What good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and Master, if what I teach you is not put into practice? That's a good question, isn't it? It's all good and well to call Jesus Lord and Master, but if he's not actually Lord of our lives, and if we're not putting into practice what he's teaching us, then what good is it? Let me describe the one who truly follows me and who does what I say. Note the link between following and doing. Being a follower of Jesus means being a doer of what he taught, a doer of the things which he did, the things which he put into practice. The person who truly follows and does what I say. Then it goes on to say, he is like a man who chooses the right place to build his house and then lays a deep and secure foundation when the storms and floods rage against that house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest, for it has been wisely built on the right foundation. But the one who has heard my teaching and does not obey it is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation whatsoever. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. And he finishes with a question, which 
of those two builders will you be? Which of those two builders will you be? I wonder what you think are the most important things that you could be building your life upon today. What are amongst the the most important things? You know, we could think about education. Education is so important, and we see that particularly in countries where education is withheld. Education withheld from girls in some countries. It's just incredible that that still happens in our world. And although education is important, is it the most important thing? I think it's so important. What are we building our lives on? Financial security? Also important that we invest wisely, that we look after the resources which we have. But is it the most important? Think about family. So important to have family values and to be part of a a close family. But you could be part of a close-knit family that are all mafias, And my goodness, that's not necessarily the best place to be. You might be close, but what values, what family values are you working off of? And I I would like to suggest that the principles and values that we approach things like education, finances, work, family, friends, how we use our time, how we use our resources, all these things are important. It's part of the foundation of our lives but it's the principles and values that lie underneath those things that are the foundation upon which we build our lives. And it's these key principles that I want to try and explore. Not necessarily today, but over the weeks that are going to come, I would like us to just spend some time going back into the Bible and looking at what for us are key principles that have been there since the very start that we still need to put into practice today. What are the key values that we need to base our lives on as followers of Jesus? And how will we ever know unless we learn them from the Master Himself? But more important than learning is actually putting these things into practice. And I would just like to sum it up this way. We can build on the rock or sink in the sand. These are the two options that Jesus presents in his story. We can build on the rock or we can sink in the sand. I just want to just pause for a moment and think back to an old school friend from primary school, actually. Um, His name is Andy. He used to stay in Uddingston. And I remember one time Andy and another friend, Craig, they came to to visit me in my house. And where we stayed, we had, you know, it was just a great location for exploring for boys. So there was Dildowie Crematorium, there was the garden center, there was the sewage works, and then there was a a sand quarry, Patterson's of Green Oak Hill. And, And that's where we stayed. We stayed in the garden center. And so there was just massive scope And there was one day we actually went for a walk and we ended up in this uh, quarry, Patterson's uh, quarry. And in the quarry, um, I'm just going to put up a picture. I don't know if you've ever seen this in quarries. Quarries have these kind of lagoons. If you're on the way between Bathgate uh, and Falkirk and you look to your right, there's actually one of these lagoons there. Well, imagine that type of scenario. Um, But the water had been drained out of the lagoon and it was just this flat sand basin. And when we walked on it, we were kind of like, we'd seen too many Tarzan movies, I think, and we're like, oh, I wonder if it's quicksand. And so we're walking across this really flat sand where the lagoon had been. And my friend Andy, 
he decided to start wiggling his feet. My feet aren't in shot just now, so I'm just going to have to use my hands to illustrate. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever noticed a seagull dancing? The seagull dance, usually if you, if you, uh, if the rain's coming down, uh, what it does is it brings the worms up to the surface. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Well, the seagull tries to mimic the rain and it makes its feet go up and down. It does this wee dance and it's trying to bring the, the worms up to the surface so that it can have its dinner. Well, my friend Andy, he was doing the same with his feet on this sand. And as he did that, the sand was getting softer and softer and softer and he began to sink into the sand. And he got in so deep, he was into his knees in the sand, and he got stuck and he couldn't get out. So Craig and I had to actually bodily lift him out of the sand and get him back onto his feet. And what he was doing was he was agitating the sand so that the sand actually uh, became loose. And what happened was that the, 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 the sand, rather than being a solid surface, actually changed to being a liquid, and he began to sink into that sand. And it, it was just a really funny moment for us, because he then started to panic and said, oh no, my mum's going to find out, what am I going to do? Uh, and I'll tell you what, rather, I, I don't have time to go into the full story, but I'll tell you the rest of the story at another point in time. Suffice to say that he went to great lengths to hide this from his mum. And the whole thing about the story that I'm trying to illustrate is that he was on sinking sand. He was on an unstable foundation. And as the sand was agitated, he began to sink down into the sand. It changed from being solid to a liquid. You see, there was water underneath there. There was this kind of subsurface water um, that made it go into a liquid rather than a solid. And I want to come back to this parable about the, the two builders, the wise and the foolish builder. You see, because it applies to you and to me. It applies in our personal lives, but it also applies in our corporate life as a church. And I would like to suggest that it actually goes wider than that. It applies to our nation as well. What has our nation been built upon? What values, what principles has our nation been built upon? And if we don't build on a good foundation, what happens when the storms come? Everything begins to collapse. You see, we want to be wise builders. And the Bible says that the people who are wise hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice. These are the people who are wise, the people who hear the teaching of Jesus and then put it into practice. It's one thing to hear, it's one thing to another, uh, sorry, another thing to understand, but quite another thing to put these things into practice. And this is what it says. It's, you know, the, the people who are wise are like people who built a house, a man who is building a house. And it's just such a practical illustration that we can all relate to. If we're building a house, there needs to be purpose, planning, preparation, and patience. I know what it's like. I've been on the receiving end of waiting on a house to be built, and you need to have patience. And it's hard work. But that house takes time to build, and it needs to be on a good location. If it's not on a good location, then problems happen. We've, you've probably seen the pictures uh, online or on the TV or, or whatever of houses that were built really close uh, to the cliff edge, and then, 
you know, when the cliff begins to erode away due to the sea, the house falls into the sea eventually. So we need to think about where we're building our lives, not just what we're building our lives on. Some, some of us, I think, can be spending too much time in the wrong places, being influenced by things which are unhelpful, being influenced by negative things. And we need to think about that. Location, location, location. That's what they say on these shows on the TV. Location, location, location. Where are you spending your time and what are you building your life on? Talks about this man who dug down deep. And there's a sense of which it tells us that we need to dig down deep into God and into his word. Not just dealing with the surface stuff. It's so easy to just kind of deal with the airy-fairy surface stuff. God wants to get into the root and foundation of our lives and to begin to do things there. But in order to do that, it's going to take effort. It's going to take work, and it's going to take a bit of sweat. And it talks about this man who laid a foundation on the rock. Think about David the psalmist. In Psalm 61, he says, take me to the rock. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And we kind of thought about that in the song that we were singing there. David also says in Psalm 40, he says that he lifted me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. And the whole picture is about taking somebody from down here and putting them up here. This whole picture is about setting ourselves, our lives on a good foundation. Not down where all the, the sort of nasty stuff of life happens, all the things that happen in life that we, you know, we, we just, we get distressed by them sometimes. But God is, is saying he wants to take us out of those places, out of our sin, out of our uh, conflict and all the stuff that goes on, and to set our feet upon a rock, which is Jesus himself. It's about going from the, the low place to the high place, from the place of danger to the place of security. And there's this whole idea about digging down, digging down, digging down, until you get to the bedrock, which is Jesus himself. He is the one who is higher than we are. He is the one who is wiser than we are. And he is the one who lifts us from that place and sets us on a secure foundation. And you need to find, when you're reading the, the Word of God, as we talk about, when you're reading the Word of God, you need to find the living Word of God. As the Holy Spirit takes the Bible and opens it up to you, you will find the living Word of God, the Word of God for your life in the moment that you're in. And then it talks about when the floods came. We've seen that even on our, our television screens this week in the news, how the floodwaters begin to rise and they threaten uh, security, they threaten livelihood, they threaten life itself. And the reality is that floodwaters will come. This is real life. This isn't just airy-fairy stuff. The reason I use that word and the reality is, is because for everything that we're looking at in Scripture, it needs to be grounded in real life. It needs to be grounded in the, the application, how we put that into practice in our lives. You see, the floodwaters represent the troubles that will come. And Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but fear not because I have overcome the world. What does the flood look like? It looks like threat. It looks like danger. It looks like uncertainty when we don't know what's going to happen next. It looks like our faith being tested. But what does James say? He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It's that same word that I referred to a few weeks ago, endurance. 
The testing of your faith produces an endurance in your life. And if you're prepared to stick with it, you will come through the other side. And it says that the torrent struck that house, the wise man's house. You see, the flood came, the rain came, the torrent came. The troubles came and it struck the house. And sometimes, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I, I've come away from some church services and listening to some messages where you think Christians should never have any problems. Let me say really clearly, Christianity does not give you immunity. Christianity does not give you immunity. We live in the same fallen world full of problems. We live in this world too. We live in bodies which are subject to sickness and disease just as everybody else on the planet, every living thing. You see, I think rather than Christianity be immunity, sometimes it's the exact opposite because we have a spiritual enemy who wants to pull us down as well. I have this very vivid memory uh, as, a, as a child um, on one occasion where it was just like the, the rains had been, had been raining nonstop, and actually we stayed close to the Clyde, and the River Clyde came so high that it burst its banks and flooded right across this plain. And, and, and where our house was was actually up on top of another, uh, another uh, sort of rise in the land. And so no matter... No matter how high that water came, in a sense, it would never reach our house. But I remember looking at that and thinking that it was quite scary, you know, because where my friend stayed, the one I referred to earlier, Craig, not Andy, the other one, um, his house was actually much lower down. And, and he, he also lived fairly close to the Clyde, the River Clyde, and you could see the water coming up, and it wasn't far from his house. Two different locations, and it kind of makes me think about what are, what are we building a life on? Where where are, we, where are we placing ourselves? And just as I say that, I just kind of think it's a message for people who may be tuned in today online, and you maybe don't have a church that you're part of regularly. Can I just say, you need to get yourself grounded in a church on a solid foundation. It's location, location, location. You need to find the right church, and you need to stick with it, and you need to get yourself grounded into what God is doing in local church. And what does it say about this house that the wise man built but could not shake it? The torrent could not shake it. You see, when we're standing on the promises of Jesus, when we're enacting those principles and values that he wants to put into our lives, then when the storms of life come, they don't shake us. Do we experience sadness? Yes. Do we experience grief? Yes. Do we experience pain? Yes, we do. But it doesn't shakers because the house it says was well built the principles that we have learned to apply in our lives little by little bit by bit precept by precept line by line as it talks about in isaiah 28 verse 10 little by little we work away and we build a spiritual life by embracing spiritual disciplines. And disi we don't like the word discipline. It sounds like a bad word to us. It means that we have to do things sometimes that we kind of think, ah, I'd rather not do that. It's too much hard work. What did I say about discipline? Just a few weeks ago, a discipline is any activity I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do that which currently I cannot do by direct effort. Can I suggest that we look 
and pray and seek to find the joy in the disciplines. What's the alternative? The alternative to the things that I've been talking about so far are what the foolish man did. Let, it, let me read what it says. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. This is what it looks like. Let's just stop to consider a visual illustration of what this looks like. This is a house which, although may have been on a good foundation for some locations, for this location it was not a good foundation. This is Fernie Hill in Gilmerton near Edinburgh. And underneath this land there had been, I think, lime works um, and something had happened. Maybe it was the way the rain had been moving and, and moved the ground underneath so that the house actually began to collapse. And it's that whole thing about foundations. It's what's underneath the surface of your life. For example, unhealthy relationships. Think about it. Think about the whole boyfriend-girlfriend thing, just to kind of give it a practical analogy. We can sometimes have relationships in our lives which are not helpful. People in our lives which are going to pull us away from God, pull us away from our relationship with God, we need to work out how to relate to all people in the right way, but we need to be careful that we're not in places where there are people who are going to pull us away from our relationship with God. Listening to the wrong people, listening to the wrong conversations, watching the wrong stuff on the TV, looking at the wrong stuff on the internet, and all of it, little by little, is providing that agitation in our lives that begins to loosen our foundation and this is the result practically, physically in a house where that happens deep down, and it can happen in our lives as well. You see, if you don't build on the rock, you'll sink in the sand. That's, that's how it works. This is a principle that Jesus is talking about. If you don't build on the rock, you'll sink in the sand, because life's storms will come. But how do we build on the rock? That's really the crux of what we're coming to as we almost draw things to a close here. I read something during the week which, uh, which really struck me. It says, you don't think your way into a new kind of living. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. Let me say it again. It's on the screen there. You don't think your way into a new kind of living. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. That might sound a bit odd, but when I read that, I realized there's truth in those words because I've experienced that. Let me put up uh, a little slide to hopefully illustrate what I'm talking about. First we act, then we reflect, then we adapt, and then we think but in order to act first, there must be some form of intentionality. It could be all sorts of things. It could be to do with your, your physical health, your diet, exercise. That would be a normal kind of New Year message, resolutions. All the things that you think you're going to do. But here's the thing with New Year's resolutions. We think them, and then we think we're going to have the strength to put them into practice. And how far in are we to the year? In about now when people would normally stop going to the gym, normally the diet would have stopped, normally all these things would change because it's, it's come from a thought to an action, but 
I would suggest there needs to be some kind of intentionality, something that changes deeper down, that causes us to act in a different way. And as we begin to change our practice, we reflect on that, and then we adapt what we're doing, and then we begin to think, actually, this is working. And it gives us that ability to keep doing the healthy thing that we're doing, because at the end of the day, we all want to be the healthiest versions of ourselves that we can be. Is action important? Yes, it is. Because the fifth book in the Bible is not called the thoughts of the apostles, it's called the acts of the apostles. It's what they did because of what the Holy Spirit did in their lives. There was an intentionality. Jesus said, wait, they waited. They were actually doing something by waiting. Have you ever thought about that? They were doing something by waiting, and in that process, God came and did something that enabled them to be the people that He called them to be. At the end of the day, what Jesus is saying in this parable is that you have to do it. You've got to do it. Christianity is not a theoretical faith. It's a practical faith. Get to know what Jesus is teaching, and then do it read about it. It's something that you do. Pray about it. It's something that you do. But most importantly, act upon what God is showing you. See, you, need, you may need to start small, and that's okay, but be consistent in the small things that you're doing. I've talked about that just recently as well, the importance of consistency, even in the small things that you do. The Lord never despises somebody who's facing in the right direction. They might be making small progress, but that's better than no progress. And it's certainly better than going backwards. We need to keep progressing into the things that God has for us. What are the values that we need to pursue? Things like truth, integrity, teachability, humility, wisdom, compassion, love, faith, hope, peace, endurance, just to name a few of the values that Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to build your life on. All of the people who I look up to, my mentors, my teachers, the people who I go to if I'm struggling with stuff, all of them without exception, uh, regardless of age, have one thing in common. They're all teachable. Every one of my mentors is teachable themselves. There needs to be a pliability in our heart so that when Jesus comes and teaches us things, there's somewhere for that to land, and God can then begin to do something with it. Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. It's what our lives produce when these qualities are there and at the bottom of our lives. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, qualities of life. They're not dictated to by rules and regulations and by the law. And what Paul is saying is, don't put these qualities, uh, don't put the law above these qualities, for they're meant to be limitless. Limitless. 
These qualities are limitless, and we gain these qualities by having the Holy Spirit come into our lives and fill our hearts. Does the Holy Spirit have access to your life, access all areas? And what is your life producing? What was it Jesus said at the end of this short parable? Which of these two builders will you be? Which of these two builders will you be? Will you be, will you build on the rock? And if you don't build on the rock, you'll sink in the sand. Will you build on the rock? If you don't, you'll sink in the sand. You see, you can go to church, sing the songs, you can look like it's all happening in your life, but God still not be at the center of your life. And the life that you're living isn't a Jesus-centered life. You're not Christ-centered. If you're living the way of the foolish man, if you're not putting these things into practice, that's what Jesus is saying. You've been foolish. You're not like the wise man. You need to be putting it into practice. And here's when it shows up. It shows up when there's agitation in our lives, when there are things happening around about us, many of which are outside our control, when the storms of life come. And remember, Christianity is not immunity. The storms of life will come. They will happen, and they will test us, and they will try us. What is our life built upon, and will it last? When I talk about things like integrity, what it means is that your private life and your public life go together. And the way to picture this is if you picture train tracks, there are two rails, one at either side, and they run in parallel. One is your private life and one is your public life. And if at some point these things begin to drift, what's going to happen to the train if the, if the train tracks drift apart, that train's going to be derailed. And it's like our lives, unless our public life and our private life come together and stay in parallel and stay together, we will be like a train wreck at some point in our lives. Something will happen in our lives and there will be an absolute train wreck. And it doesn't need to be that way because God can come and help us with these things that we're talking about. Paul said when he was thinking about contentment, um, when he was thinking about how he uses money and, you know, sometimes I've got a lot and sometimes I've got a little, but I've learned to be content in every situation. What did he say in Philippians 4.13, I think it is? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because his life was built on that foundation. His life was bound, uh, built on the principles and values that Jesus taught. And I encourage us to be those types of people whose lives are built on the principles and values that Jesus taught. Which of these two builders will you be? God is asking you today, which of those two builders will you be? Strange message, I know, maybe for this time of the year, but we need to think about how the things that we believe and say we believe are being applied in our own lives. How are they being worked out? Because when the storms of life come, and they will come, they will be the things that will determine whether we will stand on the rock or whether we will sink in the sand. I want to encourage you today, church, to think about your foundation, to think about how you are investing your time day 
by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. How are you using your time? Are you using it to invest into the things of God in your life, into the kingdom of God in your life, so that you might be fruitful and effective to serve Jesus? So that when the trials and tests and temptations come, there is a good foundation for us to stand upon where we're not shaken, where we continue to stand. Ephesians 6 talks about that. Having done everything, everything, and you can't do any more. All you can do is stay standing. I might not be able to do very much else, but I can still stand and my faith will not be shaken. Challenging words. But I think that's the type of church that God is looking for not just in Whitburn Pentecostal, but across the area of West Lothian, across our nation, across the UK, across the whole world. That's the type of church that he is looking for. That's the type of church that Jesus died for. And God can give us the strength to do it. That's the great thing. We might be struggling to pray. And as C.S. Lewis talked about, if you're struggling to pray, pray about praying. Do the small little thing that you can do and wait for God to answer that prayer because he will. Let's just bow our heads as we finish off today and we're going to pray just as we close. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the teaching of Jesus, not just because it's what he said, but it's because this is how he actually lived his life, with intentionality, with these values in his life. Father, with integrity. And he didn't say, I know the truth. He said, I am the truth. Father, he lived with purpose. He lived with passion. He lived with purpose. Uh, and we know that that purpose was to go to the cross in order that we might have our sins forgiven, in order that we might be bought back, in order that we might have a relationship with you. And Father, we recognize that it's all through Jesus. And so, Father, we want to take hold of his teaching and we want to put it into practice in our lives so that we're not just people who think about it or study it, but we're people who do it, who, who put into practice the thing that you've shown us. And so, Father, help us as a church as you go into this week and all the challenges that this week will hold for us to be those people who are building into our lives those things which will be like that sure foundation, that rock, that is Christ Jesus himself. Help us to think about what we do, not what we think, but what we do to put these things into practice day by day. And so, Father, we pray that you would strengthen us. Lord, for those who are struggling today, Father, whatever is going on in their lives, Lord, I pray that you would come and that you would be present in their situation. Lord, we know that you're with us, but Lord, I pray that you would just demonstrate your presence in their situation, whatever it is, Father, for those who need healing, Lord, we pray that you bring healing. Father, for those who are experiencing financial difficulty, Lord, that you'd come and that you'd provide what they need. Father, those who are having relational difficulties, Lord, we pray that you'd come and that you would smooth uh, these situations. Father, for those who are grieving, Lord, we ask that you'd comfort and strengthen them in their grief. Father, for those who, who are having a hard time at work, Lord, we pray that you would open up new doors for them. Father, for those who are struggling with fear and anxiety, Lord, we pray that you would come and be peace to their souls. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, then he's the one who can give you that sure foundation. When everything goes wrong in life, 
you can come back to that sure foundation. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, it's just a simple prayer. You invite the Holy Spirit in and he comes in and he will live within you and be part of you. And he's your guarantee that when one day when we see Jesus face to face, he'll say, yep, I know you, you're mine, and you come. And if you've never prayed that prayer, then it's such a simple prayer to pray. And if in the privacy of your own home, you can pray it out loud, pray it in quietly into your heart. I'm just going to give you that opportunity to pray that prayer uh, today. So let's just pray. Dear God, I recognize that my life has been built my way, not necessarily on a good foundation. I have struggles in life, and I ask that you would help me with those struggles. I realize that I've ignored you. I realize that I've been walking my own way. I pray that you forgive me. I pray that you'd come in through your Holy Spirit into my life and that you'd help me to live by your values and principles. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, let us know. We'd love to be able to get in touch with you and to help you. So, church and all who are joined in online today, whether you're visiting with us or, or whatever, I just want to bless you and just say the Lord bless you and, and give you peace. And uh, Lord, I just pray that people would have uh, a week where they know you and dig down deeper into all that you are. Lord bless you in his name. Amen.